Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 68. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So, Action, um, anything exciting this weekend? Uh, any good bets that you made? No. Well, uh, I may have made some good bets. I don't recall, but... Weekend was not too exciting. Actually came down with a bout of the flu, the real flu. So okay. was kind of holed up in my uh, place on Saturday and just watched a bunch of games and kind of similar thing on Sunday. But I fared pretty good in the books. Um, I think I had a – I've been kind of limiting my volume lately just because I think these lines mm. are getting more difficult. So not like a normal college basketball Saturday for me, but was profitable over the weekend. How about you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I've been floating around 50-50 lately. I mean, on the podcast, I've been red hot, I guess, in my picks. But the uh, I'll throw a pick in here, like going, oh, Florida on the road, minus one. That sounds great. And they lose to Tennessee, you know, stuff like that. So, um, But, no, I mean, it was a pretty chill weekend. I didn't – I guess I did rock out karaoke on Friday night with some current Ida people. Met the new Ida group, and they're a fun group action. Went to this place called Lincoln Karaoke up in the north side here, and kind of random it's like you get these little rooms that are not soundproof <laughs> and they have all these videos around the, the room and you can order with this console you know pretty much any song you want but i believe it's like a korean part of town because all the videos on there were like korean k-pop stars like doing like i don't know music videos to the songs we were singing and then they had an option you could do three-dimensional uh, K-pop dancers, like you get these like animated dancers that are dancing on there, and hmm. and then the funniest one of all was like, all of a sudden somebody was messing with the console all night, and um, did you have your own like you have your own room, so you could it's just whoever your group is. So then there's this warning that comes across the screen as you know, people are saying there's a warning. It says, you know, must be over 19 or something. <laughs> to view this and then all of a sudden there's boobs all over the TV. So <laughs> it was kind of a wild uh, a wild scene. Um I had a good time, had a couple of tequila shots, not too late of a night and then the rest of the weekend, you know, volleyball and just chilling. So uh actually it was a really nice weekend. So I got a good walk in with Sophia on Sunday. So yeah, overall it was good. Um uh, looking forward to, you know, it's March, so I started up the Wegs pool, the actual Wegs pool stuff with you know, the the greatest pool on earth and uh put that uh-huh. out there and get everything rolling um pretty excited yeah it really comes at you like a ton of bricks before we know it it'll all be over I i'm know, actually I know. wouldn't be too upset if i had to self-quarantine for the next 14 or 17 days i think i could probably get by okay <laughs> yeah unofficial coronavirus uh, <laughs> in detroit with with action there so me too although you as you know i'll be going on the guy's trip to savannah so That'll be part of the quarantine. You've got to drink as much alcohol as possible to kill that virus. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, let's go over the episode. Uh, we do have a legislative update in your home state now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some Patriots information and futures. 
and then dig deep into NCAA basketball, which, of course, we're in March, March Madness now. So we'll go over last week's games, go over the action power ratings, and then the games of this week and the early champ week games, which are kind of the lesser tournaments, but some interesting ones we like like to talk about. So a healthy episode and really excited to get into it. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, why don't you give us this legislative update? It looks like Detroit, unlike Chicago, um, is going to really actually let you bet. Yeah, I just saw some news come across today that MGM Grand here in downtown Detroit is preparing to take sports wagers before the NCAA tournament, according to David Purdom at ESPN. And I did a little more research, and it sounds like that at this point, they're only really expected to allow on-premise wagering meaning that you have to go to the book to make an in-person wager instead of um, like you and I are used to from our mobile phones. But they do have that part in the works, and that will come later in the year, I imagine. Okay. They'll do the mobile stuff. I mean, actually, I was talking to a friend of mine at this conference this week. She lives in Indiana, and she's all over FanDuel, man. She's been listening to VSIN, making some bets, and huh. you, know, you have to go to the casino there, so you, you can use FanDuel's you know app and that's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to those days here in Illinois and Chicago. So that's great that at least you guys can, you know, Melissa, you can take a little trip down to the MGM Grand. Is it a pretty nice place? Have you been there? Yeah, it's very nice. Right downtown. Not quite as nice as the real MGM, but it gets sure. by. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Well, good. Glad to hear that. Well, let's go into the, this interesting information you have. So as everybody knows in the NFL, uh, Tom Brady, you know, the venerable one, he's what is he, 45 now? Oh, man, I don't Something, know. Right? Sounds about right. He's about my age. Uh, so he may or may not play for the Patriots. That's all the talk. He's kind of holding up the whole show with free agency, my understanding, at the quarterback position. But you have some odds if he was not the quarterback of the Patriots that you saw in bet online. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, Weggs, but he and Coach Belichick had a call sometime mm. over the last week, and it did not go well reportedly Uh oh apparently belichick talked to him like he was still under contract and uh brady didn't like that too much so mm-hmm. bet online released some odds here for a list of who would be starting quarterback of the patriots if it's not tom brady in 2020 and right off the bat some names you may recognize teddy bridgewater is the three to one favorite followed by ryan Tannehill who led the Titans to a playoff run last year at plus 350, and a former uh, Titans quarterback, Marcus Mariota, at plus 500. Mm, all right. Well, you know, it's one of these things. If that is the case where they've – I mean, the bottom line is I believe Belichick wanted to get rid of Brady a long time ago, right? I mean, yeah. Jimmy G and everything. Everybody talks about how he gave the soft landing to Jimmy G in San Francisco. I don't see Jimmy G coming over to the Patriots. Maybe there's a trade involved, but uh, I don't really see that. But some of these guys, I mean, Bridgewater makes sense. I mean, he really acquitted himself well for the Saints last year. I wouldn't think Mariota would <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, he might be maybe a reclamation project. And Tannehill certainly had a great year. Um, but knowing Belichick, he's going to pick some guy off the wall, right? Um you know, this Cody Kessler for plus 3,300. I didn't realize he was still potentially in the league here. Um, but, you know, that, that I wouldn't leave it to Belichick to doing something crazy like that. He probably will put at least two of these guys on the roster, right? So True. so maybe you got to do a couple positions to hedge or something. 
Is there anybody that you like on the list? Yeah, I mean, one name that popped out in my mind is Andy Dalton at 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. I think he is still under contract with Cincinnati, but I have heard reports, I'm sure you have as well, of him being shopped around, and mm-hmm. Chicago might even be interested. So I could see mm-hmm. the Patriots making a play for him. I think that uh, Derek Carr and Nick Foles are also very intriguing, a little bit further down mm-hmm. the list at 8-1 to one and 14-1 to one respectively. But you got to figure that he's going to go with a veteran. I can't see Belichick mm-hmm. bringing in a rookie right out of the draft, even if he chose to do that, right. to be his week one starter. Yeah, I don't think so either. At least, like you said, from the beginning, he'll have a, a veteran. I probably would side on a player like Tannehill, um, maybe Foles, somebody who doesn't turn the ball over. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to go ballistic if they turn it. That's why a Winston – or even a Rivers. I mean, those guys just huck and chuck. I mean, Rivers probably could rein it in, but those two guys were one and two in interceptions last year, so I don't really see that happening. And I think Flacco's done. So, um, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting, you know, situation. But as we've talked about in the past, these multi-option situations are always in favor of the book, aren't they? Actually, yeah, definitely. They're taking a ton of vig in this, even if it's hidden in there. That's an excellent point, Wex. Yeah, so I'll probably stay away personally, focus on college basketball right now. You know I do like to do some bets when it comes to the NFL draft time. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we'll review some of that too maybe later. Well, let's get on to the college hoops. This is our main segment, of course. Uh, go over last week. You know, we've been kind of hovering around this 500 mark for the last few weeks, but Maybe volume on one bet or another helps us. Uh, As we talked about, it was kind of revenge week for the most part. We had Auburn go to Kentucky. And, uh, you know, this game was – I watched every minute of this game. Kentucky was a six-point favorite at home. Uh, Auburn came out guns a-blazing early in this game. They made all their threes early, but slowly but surely, Kentucky, true to Cola's point last week, was just kind of strangulating on defense and then also just made a ton of free throws. And that was kind of what got them over the top. They won by 7.7366 and did cover this number. I actually had six and a half, Mm -hmm. so I was really sweating this one out. Um, But they did end up covering the number for me. Wow, I actually had some six and a half, and then I saw it dip down to five and a half before game time. Mm. So Mm. added a little bit more on Kentucky, which turned out to be a great result. But you're spot on. I think that this Auburn team has been way overrated all season long, and it continued this week. I think that guard, Emmanuel Quickly, has really been playing lights out for Kentucky. I think he was leading them over the weekend with 18 points, and he himself was 11 out of 11 from the free throw line. So big win for Kentucky, and they're looking primed for March. I did think in that game they showed something because Nick Richards, kind of their talented big man, barely played. He was in foul trouble almost the whole game. And they still were able to stay in that game. There was a stretch in that game where they didn't score a field goal for about seven minutes, and they kept the lead. Uh, it was off in the foul line. So mm-hmm. much to call this point last week. Um, his handicap was right on for this game and this team. So look at that in the future, although they dropped one to Tennessee this week. So yeah, <laughs> mystery. But they did clinch an SEC title on Saturday with that win, so maybe they let up. You know, um, The next game was Penn State at Iowa. This was... Really, it was a counter to the action's usual take on these games. It was 152 was the total. You like the over. This game started off 
really slow, but they almost got there for you. Yeah, it was close towards the end. I uh, kicking myself. Think this is two weekends in a row where I've missed trying to play it over early on in the morning, and of course mm. it went under again. But um, the Iowa defense just kind of held Penn State at bay a little bit. Ended up getting mm-hmm. a big win for them and just barely could not get to that total. I think it ended uh, 77-68, which is 145, mm-hmm. just a few points mm-hmm. below that total of 152. They started off this game, it was like, it was uncharacteristically low scoring. And then the second half, it did open up quite a bit. And Iowa was up quite a bit, and Penn State made a run um, to get that total kind of close. But yeah, it was Iowa was in control this whole game pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one we were at odds with, I guess, but um, it came through for me anyway. Michigan State was a three-point favorite on the road at Maryland. Maryland has definitely cooled off in general, and Michigan State is going the other direction. So stock up for Izzo and his crew. They came out and rocking and rolling in this game, jumped all over Maryland in that first half, and really never looked back. The game got within, I think, five points midway through the second half. But Cassius Winston in the bunch won 78-66, and this team looks primed for the tournament. Yeah, I missed most of this one, but I did dive into the box score, and it does appear that Cassius went off 20 points Mm -hmm. and uh, five out of six from the three-point line. So that's quite a performance, and Michigan State has really turned a corner. I was kind of thinking they might not get to that line this year, but it certainly looks like they're uh, trending like they always do towards the top of the league. Well, jumping ahead a little bit, I think that I heard, at least on VSIN this week, if you are in on Michigan State, um, I think it was Stanford Steve, he's like, you need to get on it now because if they keep winning and, if, if of course, if they win the Big Ten tournament, then all of a sudden their odds are going to get a lot shorter. So if you like Michigan State for futures, this is the time to invest, mm-hmm. although it's probably maybe even too late because <laughs> they were probably way down for a while there. Um, this next game, I got to be honest with you, actually, I feel bad for you, man. San Diego State at Nevada. Uh, Nevada was a six-point dog at home. It was the right side. They were winning this game, much of the game, and then you did have the first half, plus three and a half at the first half for the Wolfpack, and they led at halftime, right? And mm-hmm. then they were winning almost probably the, up all but the last six minutes of the game, but Malachi Flynn just turned it up a notch, you know? And took them over the top, and they actually win the game 83-76, so they busted your number. But that was definitely the right side for you, actually. Yeah, thankfully, as we talked about, I did split the bet over first half and full game, so just Mm -hmm. lost a tenth of a unit there. But you're right, man. Malachi Flynn was tremendous late in that game, really brought them all the way back, and he finished on 36 points uh, to lead the Aztecs through that one. So. Um, they are struggling again. I know we talked about it before we mm-hmm. jumped on, uh, down at the halftime today in their first round game of the Mountain West tournament to Air Force. So yeah, it stinks. It's going to be interesting to see where this team gets seated. I heard a lot of discussion today as well about how their lines in the NCAA tournament are going to be rather surprising to a lot of folks when they're only two, three point favorites to some lesser mm-hmm. seeds. So it's going to be interesting. Right. right. Well, they obviously have the ability to turn it on. I mean, I think when I was watching, I was just watching the scoreboard today at work with Air Force and San Diego State, I think they opened the second half on, I don't know, like a 27 to 10 run. I mean, it was just, they were getting beat by almost double digits. I think it might have been double digits in the first half. So it's 
I don't know if it's just their board because of the talent level in the Mountain West right now, but they better get ready because there's going to be some teams, especially if it's the eight or nine game, you know, if they're a one seed, and that's going to be a hell of a game or even a seven seed if they drop to the two line. So mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they fare tomorrow. It looks like they're going to go off against Boise State in the semifinals of the Mountain West mm-hmm. tournament. So that'll be a good barometer right. stick for them. Well, there could be some bid stealers in that league, right? I mean, Boise or UNLV or, you know, Nevada themselves, if they run the table, I was hoping it was Colorado State, but they got beat in the first round by Wyoming, who stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if San Diego State lets their guard down and Utah State doesn't take the title, that could be a bid stolen, you know, from one of these bubble teams. So yep. see what happens. Uh, on Sunday, we had Michigan uh, play Ohio State. Um, they were Michigan was a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road. Definitely like Michigan in this spot uh, as a revenge spot, right? But unfortunately, Ohio State seems to have their number. And I'll tell you, I, this is one of those totals that I bet. I thought it was a, I don't know, I thought it was a lock. It was 137. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. The first half was, I don't know what the total the first half. It was really low, right? Yeah. In the second half, these teams just opened it up. I don't know what happened. Ohio State kind of went on this huge run and everybody was making shots. They ended up finishing the game 77-73 Ohio State wins. But I'll tell you, I still thought I had a push until that buzzer beater that basically was a useless three for the game, and that went over the total on me. So bad beat for me on that one. Yeah, I was also on that same total. (laughs) I think it was Wagner who hit the three in the corner right at the buzzer. That pushed it over. But, man, I, I watched all of this one, too, and Michigan really hung tough through the first three quarters of this game. But mm-hmm. Ohio State just kind of turned it on in that last 10-minute segment. I think at one point, Wesson, both Wesson brothers banked in three-pointers. So oh. Ohio State was just getting a little bit of run of luck there towards the end. And uh, ultimately, that Caleb Wesson hit four out of five three-pointers. I'm looking at the box score now. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's not his normal forte, but... I mean, they're a good team. I mean, metrically, they're in the top 10, and we'll go over your metrics in a minute, but they're really good. They're Aiden mm-hmm. Kenpom, Ohio State is. So they're a good squad, and their record, they had that swoon, you know, kind of in that early part of the Big Ten schedule. Now they're coming into form. They're going to be a tough out in the tournament. Definitely. Um, well, let's go to the next one. We've got Villanova at Seton Hall. We talked about this. I, I love Nova in this game. They were getting four. I ended up getting four and a half in this game, personally. And Seton Hall, like a lot of these teams, I think they've just kind of had regular season fatigue. They're ready for the postseason. They were getting beat pretty bad for a minute, and then they made a very late run that kind of made me not sweat, but I was kind of worried they were going to get to overtime. Nova ends up winning the game 79-77 and, you know, pull within a half a game. Probably won't win the uh, Big East, at least Nova. Uh, Seton Hall is still up there, but Mm -hmm. they used to have a commanding lead, and now they're right there. I definitely like the way Nova played in this one and a little bit concerned about Seton Hall uh, going forward, but we'll see if that switches in the Big East tournament. Yeah, Sadiq Bay and uh, Jermaine Samuels were awesome for Villanova in this game. And on the other side, Miles Powell really kind of had an off-shooting night. I think he finished mm-hmm. 5 out of 18, which is well below his season average for field goal percentage. And ultimately, this Seton Hall team is going to go as far as Miles Powell can take them. So it, is. it just wasn't his night. Mm-hmm. The last spot was Dayton at uh, Rhode Island. And we talked a little bit before the podcast on this. Rhode Island was getting four points at home. You know, it felt like, okay, revenge spot. You know, Fats Russell can take him over the top. 
I don't know what's happened to this URI team. The wheels have fallen off. They barely beat Fordham about a week ago. Then they fall to Davidson over the weekend, and they just got, sorry the term, pimp slapped in this game. Uh, Dayton, 84 to 57. It wasn't, they were up by like 16 at halftime, and they just kept destroying them in the second half. I thought they'd call off the dogs and let Rhode Island get back in it, but this game, along with the Davidson game, knocks Rhode Island out of the dance temporarily at least. They're going to have to win the conference tournament, which is probably not likely. And Dayton, they've moved up to four in Ken Palm. So this team is for real and, and definitely like that future for myself. Yeah, definitely. I wasn't able to watch it due to an ongoing dispute with the CBS Sports Network that I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't get it on my streaming service. So really? it's more of an airing of grievance. But <laughs> thankfully, I wasn't able to watch this one because it was quite a beatdown. And I think you're right. Mm -hmm. Rhode Island goose seems to be cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking good. Um, well, let's go over the action power ratings this week. Uh, I don't know if there's been a ton of change, but looks like there's some movement within the top 10. Yeah, a little bit of movement in the top 10. Gonzaga has actually jumped ahead of Kansas now, mm -hmm. and uh, yep. Kansas right nipping at their heels in second place. And behind them, we have Duke, which to me seems like they're a bit overrated in this spot. They've been uh -huh. dropping games and playing poorly mm -hmm. left and right, and I'm certainly interested in fading them in March. Um, mm -hmm. four and five are Baylor and Michigan state appropriate. It seems and mm -hmm. six and seven are San Diego state and Dayton, the two mid majors mm -hmm. of the brunch. And at number eight, West Virginia nine is Houston. And number 10 is the second big 10 team in Ohio state. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we didn't mention was Kansas did win against Kansas state kind of barely, but uh, Doka Azubuki got a high ankle sprain, did kind of play through it a little bit, and I guess he's trying to play through it, which I think is a mistake personally. Yeah. Um, as he goes, they go overall, especially against good teams, and it kind of showed in that game. So that's something to watch entering the tournament. It's kind of what Cola was talking about. If he hears anything about this guy, you're going to fade him. And I mean, in that night, I mean, they only won by four points on the road at Kansas State. It was pretty bad. So. No doubt. We also didn't mention that Duke lost to Virginia, so they've lost three straight. Or they might have won last. Now they beat NC State a couple days ago, but they have dropped three straight in the ACC. So I agree with you. I'm not sure why they're so high in your rating. There's six in Ken Pump still. It's mm -hmm. kind of weird, but I don't trust this team at all. Um, and West Virginia is a little weird. I mean, this team has not played well for probably about four weeks now. You know, I love Huggins, but another team I'm, I'm not bullish on. Uh, but we'll see, you know, see what happens. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a couple of teams here in the top 10 that we can certainly look to fade in March. Mm -hmm. um, just to mention, and you know, the Ken Palm, it's not on here. It's, it's indirect with actions, power ratings. I just wanted to note, and I talked about it before the pod, is you know, BYU's top 10 now in Ken Palm, and that's a team – as much as their defense isn't great at 74, their offense is fourth uh, rated. I really like that team, and, and I'm, I'm really curious to see how they seed them. I guess it depends on how they do in the WCC tournament, but mm -hmm. um, certainly exciting exciting to see if that team could go a little deep um, with senior leadership. Um, all right, well, let's go into the games of interest this week first. Um, we'll handle just a few games that we like that are in the regular season still for some teams. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Louisville at uh, Virginia. Um, this spot is mainly not – it's not really a 
a side spot. It's more of, to me, the underplay. I don't know if you saw the score of uh, Virginia last night, Mm -hmm. but their final score was 48-42 action. Um, I don't believe that reaches 100 points. Um, (laughs) It's 90 points, dude. And they played Duke and was 52-50. They're playing like junior high school basketball. I think I had a team in junior high in eighth grade that could outscore this team. Um, So I certainly like the under in this game. Don't know what the total would be per se, but um, this is a Saturday matchup. What do you think about that? I agree with you on some levels. I think Ken Palm has this at 111, if I recall. I looked earlier. Yeah, 56-55 victory for Virginia. I'm sorry, for Louisville. And Mm -hmm. um, I looked into it a little bit, and on the surface, I do agree with you. I think that you could do worse by just playing Virginia games under. But when you look back at the first matchup between these two teams, they actually put up a pretty high-scoring game, Mm 73-80. Louisville won that game at home. So it makes me think that Louisville might have some sort of special sauce that can get Virginia to speed up a little bit. And for that reason, would give me a little pause on just playing this one under. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, the next game is the opposite effect. Uh, Seton Hall at Creighton. Uh, Creighton's one of those teams that could just fill it up. And Seton Hall, despite having a little bit of a backslide, seems to, you know, they can still score fairly readily. Um, I don't know if it's too obvious here, but I would definitely look at the over in this game. What are you seeing would be the projected total in this Saturday matchup? For this one, Ken Palm has Creighton winning 77-74. So you're looking at 151 Mm -hmm. in this game. Okay. And this one, I think, is probably one that I would like to get behind as well. This Creighton team has been flying over totals all season long with their sharp shooting offense and outside shooting. I think that... um, they have a good shot of going over the total in this one versus Seton Hall, for sure. Yeah, and they don't play any D. They play their 77th in defense, so certainly like the overs in that game. Yeah, the first um, mat- the first meeting between these two teams was 82-87. So nice. they definitely have some precedence there. Uh, we do have a side, one that you like. Uh, this is in the AAC. It's one of the bubble teams that I've identified in my Wexpool article this morning. Tulsa's going to Wichita State. Tulsa's actually leading the AAC action. Did you know that? Yes. Um, they, are, they are leading this conference, but they are really still firmly on the bubble because of their ratings. But um, their six-point dogs are projecting at Wichita State, and that's on Sunday, uh, March 8th. So what are you looking at in this one? Yeah, I mean, this is clearly a spot of teams with different motivation um, Tulsa is going to be playing for a chance to lock up at least a share of the conference and potentially could win it outright, depending on how Houston fares over its next two games. And mm-hmm. um, I think that this Wichita team is a team that's trending in the opposite direction. Looking at their mm-hmm. margins this year, they're only six and eight and two against the spread in conference games. And on the flip side, Tulsa is 12 and three in conference games. So, They've got a very legit defense, eighth ranked in Ken Palm, and I think that they're going to have give Wichita a tough time scoring the basketball, and I'll take Tulsa and the points to cover this one mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah, and Wichita can't score, right? I mean, they're 120th in Ken Palm's ratings, so that's mm-hmm. pretty awful. So it may also be, you know, an underplay, but uh, I like this spot. I think Tulsa's underrated, you know, I'm not just saying that because I travel there for work sometimes, but um, 
shout out to Valkyrie, which is a great cocktail bar there. But no, it's just uh, I'm kind of rooting for these guys because, you know, it's they're almost defying the metrics, right? They're atop of the conference, kind of like UCLA this year. Mm-hmm. They've they're playing above what the metrics say they are, and they're still winning, you know. And I like that. So I'll be rooting for them here in the AAC tournament. Uh, last spot, uh, we're looking at Ohio State at Michigan State. Um, this is you know kind of a battle of titans in my view on Sunday. Sparty is playing really well. And as much as I like Ohio State and the metrics are pretty close on these two teams, I do think Sparty is catching fire, and I would lay points. I mean, obviously, it depends on the number. What are we projecting this game at? Looks like Ken Palm has it at five. Okay. I mean, it's a big number. I don't love it, but at the same time, I probably would still do that at this point. What do you think? I agree. I think that you're looking at a Michigan State team that is really hitting its stride, and Ohio State has not played quite as well on the road this season i think they've dropped quite a few conference games and uh, michigan state will likely be looking for a chance to either wrap up a share or even potentially win the big 10 championship outright so Mm -hmm. i would agree with you i think backing cassius and the boys is the good idea in this one nice nice awesome well that ends our spots for the week obviously there's a lot less games because the conference tournaments are beginning and kind of some teams are actually starting to play those conference games. Um, let's go over some of the conference tournament action that of interest of really the smaller tournaments. You know, of note, you know, there are some bigger tournaments. I guess I didn't list the WCC, but that'll be Tuesday night, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one we'll talk about is the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, this has, you know, traditionally had some pretty good teams. You know, last year you had John Morant and Murray State and, and Belmont, they actually had two teams in the tournament last year. Don't think that's going to happen this year, but it usually comes down to Murray State and Belmont. Um, there are other teams in this you know, conference that can win it, but um, personally, I would go with the Racers if these two you know, faced off. So I would go money line bet on that one. Don't know if you have any thoughts about the Ohio Valley. Yeah, I mean, I think that Austin P is another team a little bit looking mm-hmm. further down the list that could cause some uh, noise here towards the end but you're right Belmont and Murray State are clearly the class of this conference both finished with identical 15 and 3 records and I'm not sure who I would choose in a head-to-head there but I think that um, your pick of Murray State is probably a good one nice I mean I think they did split in the regular season so you know what can you do but mm-hmm. um, they're gonna be what's kind of exciting about Ohio Valley is They'll be the first ones to punch tickets, you know, on Saturday. So I always like that. Like, they're the first guys to punch the ticket. You know, they'll play, like, late afternoons, um, early evening on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is the Mountain West. This isn't a small tournament, but it's an early tournament. As we just mentioned, San Diego State is kind of struggling. And I heard on VSIN that Nevada, the Wolfpack, that almost took them down this past weekend, they're like 16-1 to 1 to win the Mountain West, you know, conference tournament. So... Got any interest in, in jumping in on the Wolfpack for that future? Mm, I'm not sure that I want to bet on the Wolfpack, but I have heard a lot of folks jump in on the bandwagon with uh, Utah State, which is mm-hmm. also on that side of the bracket. I think those are the two and three seeds in this tournament. I believe that you could have had Utah State at 3-1 to one pre-tournament. Mm. Not sure of their current odds, but uh, both of those teams will begin their conference play tonight, so we can get a good look at how they're going to fare. And I do think that San Diego State is right for the picking. 
Um, we yeah. talked about earlier in this episode how they've been playing a little bit poorly lately and um, certainly in the first half of a lot of games not covering very many numbers and even not covering numbers in general. I think that Air Force clipped mm -hmm. them in the full game again this morning. So uh, sure. I think that either Utah State or Nevada is definitely worth a look on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've talked a little bit about this. San Diego State has definitely been a bet against team for the spread for that first half, at least in the last you know five, six games. So that's some an angle to look at if you're doing just regular game wagering. And then, yeah, I mean, overall, you can look at a different team for the future. That's, that's cool. Um, the next tournament is the Big South. Um, this is not going to be these, – these teams aren't going to make it without you know, winning the title. Uh, but they're two teams with, you know, of note. you got Radford and Winthrop, um, and this will be Sunday when they have their tournament. I like Winthrop in this spot. I think – I mean, both teams have made it to the dance, no question. Uh, Winthrop can fill it up. They scored a ton of points today. Let me – yeah, they scored 106 points today against South Carolina Upstate, and they just score. They're a classic team from these mid-majors that can just shoot the rock. Uh, they have one kid make five threes in a game. So I really like this team. They're fun to watch. Uh, Radford's a solid squad. They've been really good, too. It's going to come down to those two teams. Do you have any interest in either of those teams? Yeah, actually, um, Winthrop is a solid team, but on the other side, this Radford team is a – team that i've bet on a little bit this season and i really like the way that they play defense they're very good at defending the three-point line and which i think it goes a long way against winthrop and they're, they're not too shabby on offense either so if i had to pick i would go with radford in this one gotcha gotcha okay another tournament is the arch madness as they call it in the missouri valley where they play in st louis and you know the local team here in Chicago, Loyola, is going to be probably the thorn in the side of Northern Iowa. Uh, but I think Northern Iowa is a better team here. They play on Sunday as well to punch their ticket. Um, it's usually on CBS. And I like you and I to keep dancing. We'll see uh, if they can hold off Loyola. And, you know, obviously if Loyola wins, then you and I becomes a bid stealer then because I think they do make it. But we'll see what happens. Any thoughts on that tournament? Yeah, historically for me, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament is one where myself and a lot of professionals, not that I'm a professional, but uh, from across mm -hmm. the sports gambling landscape, look to play unders because something about that gymnasium in St. Louis and I think just the way this conference plays out in general, that you do see a lot of lower scoring games in this tournament. So you see almost every day the openers come out and the totals get bet down four five six seven points sometimes so mm. i'll be looking to pick my spots here in this tournament see if i can get a couple winners with that angle nice nice uh the next one is another you know beloved tournament for me it's the a sun the atlantic sun uh title this one pits two teams that are pretty solid liberty was actually kind of a darling early in the season because they i think they entered conference play undefeated or something like that Unfortunately, they did lose some games in conference, so they're not going to be considered as an at-large bid like some people had thought. But this is a team that is a really good team against North Florida. You know what I like about North Florida action? Mm -hmm. They're <laughs> the mascot, the Ospreys. So, But I do think the Flames from Liberty will take down the Ospreys in this one. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on the A-Sun. Uh, I thought you were going to go with their uh, nickname for the North Florida offense, the Flying Trays. 
Oh, all right. Nice. <laughs> Apparently they shoot a lot of three-pointers and they play more of a four-guard out lineup, which I think a lot of these mm-hmm. smaller schools like to gravitate towards. But That's right. um, yeah, Liberty is certainly a heavy favorite in this league, but they're a team that really plays a very slow pace. And mm-hmm. night in and night out, you see them laying really big numbers. I think they were uh, 16 or 17 point favorites tonight against Stetson. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're a team I'm going to be looking to bet against throughout this tournament especially if they're laying that big of numbers. I think I, I took 15 and a half with Stetson tonight, and I'll certainly mm. be looking to take some points with North Florida if they face off in the championship. Well, you're looking good right now with 8-10 remaining. Liberty's only up by six, and to your point, it's 45-39. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely a slower-paced team, whereas North Florida is playing Lipscomb. It's a tight game, 56-55 right now, but uh, you know that's with 10 minutes to go. It's a little higher scoring, so... Good call. I like that action. Bet against Liberty, but I like them for the bit. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, definitely the best team in this conference. The last tournament we'll go over tonight uh, is the SOCON, the Southern Conference, which is perennially does have some teams that make the dance, even if it, they don't win the tournament. This year, probably not. Um, East Tennessee State is the team to beat here. Uh, I would take them. I'm looking right now. They actually have futures on bet online. They're minus 120 favorites for this conference title. Um, Furman and UNC Greensboro are right behind them at plus 250 for Furman and plus 350 for UNC Greensboro. Um, but this Buccaneers team is really good, and I think that they can actually upset somebody in March. Now, maybe they don't have as much motivation as the other two teams because I think they will make the tournament regardless, but who knows? I mean, they, you know, Furman and UNC Greensboro could steal a bid from somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that I like this East Tennessee State team as well. And uh, I think you're spot on there looking at them to win this conference. And I would also like to see them in a juicy matchup in the NCAA tournament. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that kind of closes out the early conference looks. There are other conferences that are starting um, that, are, that are lesser and they're going to be playing out. Uh, we've kind of talked about our schedule for the next two weeks. Uh, we're going to tape what next week we're going to tape on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, or at least Wednesday night or Thursday. So we're really going to be focused more on the conference tournaments at that, for the bigger ones, the power conferences and the big conference tournaments. I mean, maybe you have some spots and some lesser conferences. And then the following week, the tournament preview, we will tape on Monday night uh, to be released, I guess, Tuesday then, or uh, whenever action can edit it. Thank you, action. Um, so that way we can have you ready for the full tournament, including the first four. So um, pretty exciting and rapid time. We don't have any live events this year. We, you know, we, it's too bad, but that's okay. We're in different cities now. But um, trust me, if you make it into town action, we could probably pull that off of the foreshadow in five seconds. No problem. <laughs> definitely. Well, <laughs> you're right. We definitely miss those live hits that we used to do in years prior. But uh, we can make it work remotely too. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, both of us will be traveling over the um, the first weekend of the tournament. Action's going to go to Vegas, right? You're going to hit the sports books and do it up. I am. I had considered canceling my trip on account of the mm. coronavirus outbreak, but oh, I think I'm, I'm going to go instead and live it up in Vegas. Yeah, might as well. If the world's going to end, you might as well be in Vegas, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> say hello to uh, my favorite people over there. Um <laughs> You know, Brent Musburger and the gang, you know, Mitch and Pauly, but uh, yeah, so yeah, but I'll be in Savannah with the fellas. We're going to be 
you know, hitting that open container area, drinking it up some rooftops. So it'll be some fun times ahead here. Um, all righty. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Side Action Podcast. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me on at Wexpool on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck with these, uh, these last games and conference tournaments. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Peace out. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.